there's a few things that move the hand of God. I believe, how many of you believe our faith moves the hand of God? Even the Bible is very specific. It says in Hebrews 11:6 that without faith it's impossible to please God, but he's a rewarder of them who diligently seeks him. So a lot of times your reward is connected to your, your faith and it's connected to your diligence as well. Amen. So I believe it's that our, our faith will move the hand of God. Even Romans 1:17 says, and the just shall live by faith. Amen. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says we walk by faith and not by faith sight. Amen. We don't ever want to walk, live our life by living our life based on what we see. Because if you live your life based on what you see, a lot of times fear can begin to be breeded in your life. Amen. And the last thing you want is fear to be on your radar because we know 2 Timothy 1 and 7, God said, I didn't give you a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. God didn't call you to be fearful. He called you to be fearless. And we'll get into that in a little bit in my topic, amen. So I believe that faith moves the hand of God. It was faith that the woman the issue, the woman with the issue of blood, she was able to move the hand of God because of her faith, amen. Not only that, not only does faith move the hand of God, but when we give back to God, that moves the hand of God. Even the word of God says in Luke 6, 38, when we give, it shall be given back to us, amen. So we know giving, we know faith moves the hand of God. But how many of you know prayer moves the hand of God? If you ever wanted to move the hand of God, all you got to do is turn up your prayer life. All prayer is, is you communicating with God. And the blessing, if you read the book of Matthew, it talks about how the veil has been ripped from top to bottom, which means that now you have access to heaven. Amen. You don't have to go through a priest. You don't even have to go through your pastor. Come on, somebody. You need your pastor, but you don't have to go through your pastor. If you need to get a prayer, amen, through. Amen. If you need your breakthrough, you can go to God all by yourself. Come on, somebody. That's why I love, put up James chapter 4, verse 8 real quick. Look at this, James uh, uh, chapter 4, and we'll come, we'll come back to the uh, uh, Isaiah. But look at James, it says, draw near to God. And it say, draw near to your pastor. Come on. I might forget to pray for you. Come on. I got so much going on in my head. Come on, somebody. <laughs> I, got, I, got, I, got some, I got to raise this money so we can buy this building. <laughs> Shoot, if we don't buy this building this year, it's going to go up another 150 grand. That's why we're trying to get it done now. Amen? So at the end of the day, I might forget to pray for you. That's why you better learn how to pray for yourself. Sometimes you might have to lay hands on yourself. You might have to speak in tongues over your... Anybody ever had to pray for yourself? You was between a rock and a hard place. You was about to cuss everybody out. You had to be... Lord, keep me before I cuss everybody out in this company. I'm about to go ham up in here, up in here, up in here. <laughs> That's why you better be drawing near to him. Well, pastor, what's going to happen if I draw near to him? What the scriptures say? Look, James 4, 8. Look, look, look. If you draw near to him, he said, then I'll draw near to you. In other words, I need you to take some initiative. Amen. You got my hands tied because you won't even come and put your request before me. See, I grew up in church where they would make comments. I don't I give an honor to God and to the deacon board and to the pastor. And, uh, I, I didn't come up here and ask God. For, I ain't asking God for nothing because he's been good to me. You just sound stupid. Because you, you, you ain't even speaking biblically because uh, it's okay to ask God for some stuff. Put up Philippians 4 and 6 real quick. 
Look at this, uh, 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 Philippians, and we're going to go, we got to go back to Isaiah, but it says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer. Somebody say, by prayer. It's by prayer and, and supplication and thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. See, some people think, well, I don't ask God for nothing because I'm just humble. No, no, no. You crazy. The Bible is very specific. It says, let your requests be made known. So are you saying, Pastor, still, if I got more bills and money that I can go to God by myself and be like, Lord, you said you're at Philippians 4, 19. God, you said you would supply all of my need according to your riches and glory. How many know we serve a rich God? And the Bible says he owns a cattle on a thousand hills. Come on. He said there's no good thing. That I'll withhold from them that walk uprightly. That's in Psalm 84 and 11. We need to be, and people ask me, well, how should I pray, Pastor? The best thing you could ever do is pray God's word back to him. Because Isaiah 55 and 11 says, my word will not return back void. So if you don't know how to pray, get you, crack you a Bible open and walk around in your secret place and begin to speak God's word back to him. Because the Bible says he's a man that he will not lie, nor the son of man will he repent. And the Bible says in 2 Timothy 3.16, it says all scripture was inspired by God. Which that word inspired in the Greek means it was God breathed so you can go to God and speak his word back to him. Amen? Let's put up Isaiah 59 and 1 now. Let's go to, this is our, our, our main scripture for today. And we're going we're gonna to bounce around a little bit. But, put, but Isaiah, behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened. How many know his hand is not shortened? His hand is not short. His, he had enough reach to save you. Come on, somebody. So his, his hand is, is not shortened. He saved us and rescued us from some places. Can I get a witness up in here? Some of us used to be caught up in some things. Can I get a witness up in here? Rescue. His hand was so long, he snatched you out of that bed with that man. You ain't had no business being. Uh-oh. Come on, man. Come on. You, 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 you knew that that was no commitment. She was a jump off. Come on, somebody. Straight booty call. Come on, somebody. And God loves you so much that he... Let me get you. Get up out of here. Come here. <laughs> you even went through some withdrawals. Can I get a witness? Anybody went through some withdrawals to get delivered from some people? Because they was all wrapped up in your soul. Oh. Come on. They was all up in your pores. That's called a soul tie. But I thank God for John 8, 32, because it says, and the truth will set you free. Come on. When you begin to, begin to clothe yourself with truth, you was able to break away from some things, some things that had a stronghold in your life, and then he became your stronghold. Do I have anybody in the building that you're grateful and thankful that now he is your stronghold? That you have found peace in him. You have found joy in him. You have found strength and him to walk away from some folk. You done went AWOL from some things. Somebody in this building need to give God a praise that you're not who you used to be. Somebody give God a praise in this place. Hallelujah. So his hand is not short. He was able to snatch you out of the jaws of Satan. Then it says that he cannot save, which save means he rescued you with his hand. 
Then it says, nor is his ear heavy, even heard you in your dark place. Remember when you was crazy and people would tell you stupid stuff like, God can't hear you because you in sin. Boy, God can hear you in sin. Come on. The Bible's very specific in, uh, in, in the book of Peter. It says, put a, put a, put a, what is that? First Peter, I believe, 2.9. Put that up real quick. Folks used to say stupid stuff at church. God can't hear you when you in sin. If that's the case, we all in trouble. Come on. But you are a chosen. I mean, anybody know you've been chosen? You've been, that word chosen means that you've been hand-selected and preferred. That word, what it, what it means is that he preferred you because he, he preserved you because he preferred you. That's why you couldn't even die in your sin. Because he chose you before the foundation of the earth. He chose you before you even entered your mother's womb. He chose you, which means he summons you. Come on, somebody. Set you apart for his use. Then it says uh, uh, a chosen generation because you have been called. He chose you because you've been called to change a generation. I don't know about you, but I'm not going to die until I impact this generation. The Bible says in the book of Acts, it was not until David impacted his generation. Then the Bible says he fell asleep. We might get to that text a little later. But then it says, not only are you a chosen generation, the Bible refers to you as being royal. You are his royalty because you are his offspring. Then it says, a holy nation. In other words, he set you apart for his use. Amen? You're not in this world. You're, you're, you're in it, but you're not of it. Me and you are a part of a different economy. It's called the kingdom economy. Because of our connection with him, he preserves us. He keeps us. When everybody else was falling out during the recession, me and you made a decision to not participate in it. And he sustained us during that season. You ain't missed no meals during that season. Folks going crazy. Ah, what's going to happen, nothing? I'm going to be still and know that he's God. He's the supplier of all my need. At the end of the day, if he ordained me, he's going to sustain me too. He ain't going to leave me high and dry. Why? Because I've been chosen. I'm royalty. I've been called to impact a generation. Then it says, you're his own special people. Look at your neighbor and say, you're sitting next to somebody that's special. Mm-hmm. If nobody don't tell you you're special, you better tell yourself, I'm special. It's just something about me. I'm God's favorite. Do I got anybody at the 930 service? You just believe you God's favorite. You better believe that. Shoot, God created me in his image and his, I'm his offspring. I'm his child. He favored me more than all y'all. <laughs> That's how you better be talking. Shoot, he said you his own special people. That you may proclaim the praises of him who called you. Look at it. He chose you and called you. Then it says, out of darkness. He heard you calling on him while you were in, he heard you in your dark place. Can I get a witness up in here? His ear is not heavy that he cannot. All right, y'all listening. Praise the Lord. Praise him. That you may proclaim the praise of him who called you. He called you out of darkness into his what? marvelous light. What God has done in your life is marvelous. Come on, you need to look back over the course of your life. Come on, you might not be where you might want to be, but my God in heaven, somebody need to give God some praise that at least you're not where you used to be. Some of y'all was stirred crazy, but look at what God has done. 
I got anybody in this building that know that you're special? Do I have anybody in this building that know that you are royalty? That you've been called to impact a generation? Somebody give God a praise. Somebody scream, I'm special. I don't care if people try to tell you you dumb and stupid. The devil is a liar. You special. These teachers tell me, I don't know if you're going to make it. You mentally challenged. You better say, I'm special. Shoot. <laughs> I'm royalty. I'm special. I'm chosen. I've been summoned. He called me out of darkness into his marvelous light. Now I'm the light to the world. Amen? But let me get in this real quick. So prayer, prayer, I was, my whole statement was that in your dark place, he heard you. So how much more he hear you now that you are his church? This ain't the church. This is a building. We are the church. We as people make up the church. Amen? He said, upon this rock, he told Peter, I'm a build my church because of the revelation that Peter had, and now he's still building this church. Amen? Now we're that Peter in the earth. God is building upon you and me. That's why the Bible says some plant, some water. But he gives the increase. In other words, he's saying, kingdom, you got a part to play. Because in order for us to see increase, somebody got to plant and water. But we know at the end of the day, it's him. Because John 12, 32 says, and I, if I be lifted up, he said, he will draw all men unto him. That's why we lift him up on Sundays. So people can be what? Drawn to him. But go to Acts chapter 4 real quick. Acts chapter 4. Let's go to verse uh, uh, 13. Acts uh, 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 4 and 13. Let's look at this real quick. Acts 4 and 13. It says, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. Now the first thing I want to talk about today is how when you turn up your prayer life, you can't help but walk in boldness. Part of the reason why people aren't walking in boldness, which means to be frank. Amen. Sometimes you got to be frank with the enemy. Come on, when we was in the streets, we knew how to be frank with people that disrespected us. And the enemy, we let him walk all up and down in our life and disrespect us and they ain't said nothing. It's because you lack boldness. You got too much of a passive spirit. And you can't be passive. Come on, we dealing with a, a live enemy. The Bible says he's going to and fro in the earth seeking who he may what? Devour. He wants to eat you up. So at the end of the day, you got to be bold. Now, we'll go back to the text real quick. Look at this. Look at this. Uh, uh, Acts chapter 4, verse 13. It says, now, when, the, when they saw boldness, how frank he, Peter and John were, they perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men. But check this out, which means they were saying they were just common men. How I many you know those are the kind of folk that God is using? Just common people. But your common self. Come on, somebody. Uneducated, untrained men. But they marveled. They were moved by their boldness. See, people should be moved by your boldness. That you got a stick and stay mentality. That you ain't wavering all over the place. Being tossed to and fro. You know, the Bible talks about being tossed to and fro. We might even get into that a little bit because that's what happens is when you don't have that element called boldness, you will be tossed to and fro. But look at that. It says, and when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, but they marveled and they realized that they had been with Jesus. 
See, people that stick with Jesus will be bold. See, people that stick with Jesus will know how to turn up their prayer life. Listen, y'all sitting under an uneducated, untrained pastor. I ain't been in nobody's seminary. Amen? Because neology will take you where theology can't. Nothing wrong with theology, but I do neology. In other words, I know how to get a breakthrough. I know how to get a prayer to the heavens. God has trained me very well to lead his people. Just look around. I got pastor friends that's got degrees like you wouldn't believe in theology. Church this size over here. Literally, one of my pastor friends, he's like, man, I just don't understand how I did all this theology and your church bigger than mine. You got three services and I got one with 60 people. I said, because God called you to, te- to be a part of a, a, a theology where you're going to stand flat-footed and teach students. You ain't supposed to be leading nobody. Just because you can preach does not equate to pastoring. Because you got to have a pastor's heart. Because what I'm doing on, on Sunday is 20% of ministry. The other 80% is resuscitating people throughout the week and encouraging people and sharing my shepherd's heart with people. And that's another thing. That's why some, the Bible says I give some to be evangelists. An evangelist is somebody that comes in and stirs the people up and opens their eyes. He blows in and blows out. He don't need to be leading nobody because he doesn't have good people skills. That's why prophets don't have a business being pastors because they're weird. They know how to prophesy and they stuff come to pass, but they don't need to be doing day-to-day pastoral duties because they don't have the temperance to be a pastor. See, I have a level, I got a high level of tolerance so I can deal with people's crap. So when you boo-boo on yourself, I can be like, it's going to be all right, baby. You ain't going to die. That's not the end. You shall live and not die to declare the works of the Lord. We're not going to allow this human moment that you had stop you from going further into your destiny. See, that's a shepherd's heart. And evangelists are saying, well, why you just can't get it together? No, I can't meet with you and counsel you. I don't have the tolerance to deal with you. Amen? Even we got some men that we bring in. They're evangelists. They do a great job preaching, but they don't need to be shepherding anybody. And to be a pastor, you got to have boldness because you're dealing with mess a lot of times. You're dealing with, when I'm preaching at times, there's satanic attacks and there's opposition in here. Folks got their arms folded and looking at their watch, being a distraction, but you got to just keep on preaching. Amen? (laughs) It's a different animal. When people ask me, I want to be a pastor, I'll be like, for real? It comes with the challenges. But I love what I do. I'm wired for what I do. But look at this. We see these untrained, uneducated men. People are marveling because they have been with Jesus. But look at this. Stay in Acts 4. Go to verse 31. Look at this real quick. Look at this real quick. It says, and when they had prayed, the place where they assembled together was shaken. Oh, don't get the church praying. It begins to shake some things up. It gives the devil an upset stomach. It makes him nervous. The last thing the enemy wants us to do is to begin to turn up our prayer life because things will be shaken up. 
Uh-huh. I don't know about you, but that's how I got rid of smoking marijuana as I went in my prayer cloth and I began to cry out to God, Lord, I need you to deliver me. Lord, I need you to take away the appetite, take away the crave. And I felt something shaking in my body. And I began to feel that thing be released out of me because I took some initiative because the word of God says if you draw near to God, I see y'all listen and he'll draw near to you. James 4, 8. Mm-hmm. But look at that. It says they were assembled and together and, they were, and there was a shaking. And then it says, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they spoke the word with what? So not until they begin to pray. They begin to pray. A lot of times your boldness is connected to your level of prayer. You got to turn your prayer life up so you can be bold. Let's look at that. Not only does the, the word bold means to be frank, but it also means, look at this real quick. The word bold, it means to be courageous. We got to be courageous. When you're between a rock and a hard place, that's not the time to tuck your tail and run. That's not time for you to express your marshmallow emotions. It's time for you to be courageous. The word also, uh, boldness, it means to be fearless. It also means to be confident. I like this. It also means to be without reservation. It also means to not be a person that hesitates. Amen? Always apprehensive. Amen? You don't want to live your life like that. So a lot of times your boldness is connected to your level of prayer. Turn your prayer life up. What happens is when you begin to turn up your prayer life, you're giving God an opportunity to begin to put his scent on you. You begin to decrease, and he begins to increase. Put that up real quick. John 3.30. I think y'all think I just say that. That's Bible. When you decreases, he increases. Look at this real quick. But he must increase. He wants to increase. He wants to, his spirit to increase. He wants his wisdom to increase. He wants boldness to increase. But it says, but I must decrease. That means you got to die. That means that during prayer time, you got to allow him to circumcise your heart. That means when you're in your prayer closet, you need to be like, Lord, you know i got issues in this area. That's a great time to be vulnerable and say, Lord, you know I'm good in this area, but I'm crazy in this area. Come, can I get a witness up in here? Lord, you know I'm good in this area, but I'm a little off right here. I need, you to, I need to decrease in this area that you might what? Increase. I've always had low self-esteem and insecurity, but Lord, I'm, I'm ready to decrease that you might increase. Mm -hmm. Put up Proverbs 28 and 1, and then we're going to move on to the second point. Uh, Proverbs uh, 28. It says, the wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are what? As a what? A lion. The righteous are bold. Anybody ever seen a lion being passive? We even watched the little, what's it called? The Animal Channel, what's it called? Animal Planet. When you see lions, we even get intimidated at home. On TV, you watching like, dang, they about what they up to. Come on, can I get a witness up in here? You see them make a move, you like, ooh. Can I get a witness up in here? You don't see lions running from stuff, they run to stuff. That's how we have to be as believers. We're not running from stuff. We're running to stuff. The word of God says the kingdom of God suffereth violence, but the violent take it by force. Can't be running around here passive and think you're going to get something from God. 
even when it says the kingdom of God suffereth violence. There it is right there. It says the kingdom of God heaven suffers violence, but the violent, the violent, take it by force. That word violent means you got to be radical. Come on, we'll go to, I'm going to the Monday night Cardinals game. They playing the Ravens. I'm going to be radical. Why? Because the Cardinals is my second best team. Y'all know I'm a Steelers fan until I die. Come on, since kindergarten. Uh, my allegiance is to the Steelers. But, but, but them Cardinals, because I live here, I got to support them. So I'm going to be at the game like, yeah, come on, get them. I'm going to be like, come on, Larry, do you. Talking about Larry Fitzgerald. Come on, I'm going to be like, Tyran Matthew, come on, go get that tackle, man. And then when they make a good play, whoever's next to me, I don't even know who it's going to be, but I'm going to be like, that's what's up. We're going to be, oh, what's up, man, what's up? Did you see that? That's how we need to be in the kingdom. When your fellow brother get that house, you need to be like, man, that's what's up. I got next because if God bless my neighbor, that means he's in the neighborhood. The first shall be last and the last shall Oh, let's go. You got a new car? Let's go pray for your car. I'm so excited. Man, come on. I'm going to rejoice with you. It's like it's my car because you my brother in the Lord. Somebody give God a hand praise in this place. And then we come to church. God didn't bless you with air. Bless you with a house. Then bless you with cars. Got all the activities of your limbs. <laughs> well, you better get radical. Be thankful when you get that raise. You should be ah. And then start praying for the next raise. <laughs> but we got to be bold as a lion. I can stay on that the whole topic, but because of time, go to 1 Samuel real quick. 1 Samuel. So we've already nailed home that at the end of the day, when you turn up your prayer life, you'll begin to experience, amen, the uh, boldness that you need. Especially in this world that we live in today, go out here and be passive and see how far you get. Mm-hmm. Walking around here biting your nails and stuff. We're going to see how far you get. What you nervous for? Come on, somebody. Shoot, you need to be confident. Hold your head up high. Stick your chest out. Tell them, I'm an offspring of God. I'm an extension of God in the earth. I was fearfully and wonderfully made. Come on, somebody. Created his image and his likeness. Made a little lower than angels. That's in Psalm 8, 5. But we ain't going to go there. But look at this. Let's go to Samuel real quick. Samuel. Pick up in verse 2. 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 2, it says, and, 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 and he had two wives. The name one was Hannah, and the name of the other was Paniah. Paniah had children, but Hannah had no children. Now skip over to verse uh, 5. But Hannah would give, uh, but, but, but he, talking about Elkanah, her husband, he would give double portion for her. He loved Hannah. Even though he had children with Paniah, his heart was not with her. They were just having kids. I can go take that a whole, in other words, that was, Hannah was his right-hand girl, and Paniah was his left-hand girl. In other words, uh, Hannah, he made love to her, and uh, Paniah was the booty call. I just wanted to just modernize it so y'all, amen. Make sense? Mm-hmm. 
Glory to God. Even as a man, it's hard to love two women at the same time. Because you ain't got but one heart. Come on. Even when I met my wife as a teenager, I loved her, but I liked a lot of other females. Uh, y'all ain't ready for me today, y'all. <laughs> and I would tell her that. She would catch me up. I'd be like, honey, you know I love you, though. <laughs> I remember we was at the house one time. We teenagers just hanging out, and this other girl came by the house, and she like, why is she here? I said, I'm going to go handle that. You just stay in here. I had to be like, listen, you got to leave because she about to go crazy up in here. Then another time, another girl was at the house. She came in there with a bat. Remember that? Y'all first lady. I had to be like, see, y'all think she just Kelly? She was Jaquita that day. She was Shanae that day. Now we teenagers. But I had to explain to her, put the bat down because I just like her. I love you. <laughs> I say all that to say that's what we got going on with Paniah, Hannah, and Elkanah. All right. There's just trying to, trying to lay a foundation. <laughs> Y'all weak up in here. But check it out. So he loved, he, he loved, verse 5 says he loved Hannah. He even gave her double portion. Although the Lord had closed her womb and her rival also provoked her severely to make her miserable because the Lord had closed her womb. So Paniah always made it a point to remind Hannah, listen, you got his heart, but I got his kids. So in other words, whenever y'all lay down and make it happen, you can't even produce nothing. So Paniah was there breeding a level of insecurity and low self-esteem in her. Because the word of God said she would provoke her and make her miserable because the Lord had closed her womb. So it was year by year when she went up to the house of the Lord that she provoked her. Therefore, she wept and did not eat. In other words, Paniah was able to rent space in Hannah's head. You better be careful of people that will try to rent space in your head and try to make you feel less than. Amen? Just because doors are closed right now don't mean that God can't open them. That's why you got to be careful who you share your dream with. Some folk would be like, well, how that's going to happen? That can't happen. You tell them God will supernaturally do it. Which brings me to my second point, that when you turn up your prayer life, you will begin to experience the supernatural. Do you realize that because we turned up our prayer life, we are sitting in this supernatural building? God supernaturally did this. We didn't just land here out of the blue. No, God supernaturally did it. Amen? But check this out. So we see here, she's being provoked and so on and so forth. Then it even says in verse uh, uh, 8, and it says, and why is your heart grieved? This is Elkanah telling Hannah. He says, uh, am I not better to you than ten sons? In other words, he's like, girl, you know I love you. I don't know why you're falling out. But, but see, Hannah, her thing is, I know you love me, but my God in heaven, I, my, my, my wound is barren, and I want to be able to give you back to you. Every wife wants to give her husband back to him when you have children. Can I get a witness up in here? Amen? So it says, and then it says, so Hannah uh, arose after uh, 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 they had, had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh, and Eli the priest was sitting in the seat by the doorpost of the tabernacle of the Lord, and she was in bitterness of soul, and she prayed to the Lord. 
She prayed to the Lord, and she, look at this. She, so she prayed to the Lord, with, and she wept in anguish, but she was praying. She was communicating with God. She didn't have the mentality of, it is what it is. Well, my wound is closed, and it's always going to be closed. And what's interesting, the Bible says the Lord did it. Sometimes God knows what's best. Sometimes God will keep doors closed because he knows you ain't ready for the blessing. Your character don't sometimes match up with the blessing. So he's like, I'm going to put a delay on things. You ain't ready. Then it says in verse 12, and it happened, and she continued praying before the Lord. And Lelai watched her mouth. So we see her praying in verse 10. We see her continually praying in verse 12. And because of time, look at verse 7. It says, and Eli answered and said, go in peace. And the God of Israel is going to grant your petition, which you have asked of him. How many of you know that if you ask, you can receive? She kept praying in verse 10. She continued praying in verse 12. The man of God told her that he's given you your petition. He told her, go, God's going to grant you it, go in peace. He's, he's giving you the very thing you asked for. A lot of times you have not received because you have not asked. I always say if you say it, you'll see it. Why? Because Proverbs 18 and 21 says death and life is in the power of the tongue. But then it says, uh, 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 so he said that God's going to grant you, you go, your, your request, go in peace. And then look at verse 19. Then they rose early in the morning and they worshiped before the Lord and they returned and they came to the house of Ramah and Elkanah knew Hannah. You know what that means, right? He knew Hannah. He knew Hannah. In other words, they had sexual relation. They were intimate with each other. Because you can't see super until you do natural. I want to see the super. Well, are you doing natural? The Bible says in James chapter 2, it says faith without works is dead. Works in the Greek means action. Somebody scream action. In other words, you got to put some action behind what you believe in God for. What if the woman with the issue of blood just would have been like, well, I hope he come to see me. No, the Bible says when she heard he was in the city, she made a move and she began to press through the crowd. Amen? Blind Bartimaeus wasn't just sitting around saying, I hope he come and holler at me. No, the Bible says he began to cry out, son of David, have mercy on me. And the people leaving around him said, be quiet. And the Bible says a second time, he said, son of David, have mercy on me. And the Bible says, and Jesus stood still. Which means that your prayer, your faith will cause Jesus to, to pause. Amen? But, but, but put, put, put my scripture back up. It says, uh, so they rose early morning, they worshiped before the Lord. They returned, and, and Elkanah knew Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her. He remembered her. He remembered what she did in verse 10. He remembered what she did in verse 12. What did she do in verse 10? She prayed. What did she do in verse 12? She prayed. Your prayer will move the hand of God. He remembered her. Next verse. So it came to pass. It came to pass. How many of you know the thing that you believe in God for is going to come to pass? Some of you have been believing God to do something supernatural in your life. I got a word for you. It's coming to pass. Some of you have been believing God for a miracle. I got a word for you today. It's coming to pass because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. All you got to do is turn up your prayer. Somebody scream, turn up. So it came to pass. But I like this. In the process of time. So why are you in your process? I got a word for you. Pray. 
While you're in your process, you better be doing that Isaiah 59 and 1. God, I thank you that your ear is not heavy, that you cannot hear. Lord, while I'm in my process, I thank you that you declare in James 5, 16, that it's the effectual, fervent prayers of a righteous man that availeth much. Lord, I thank you that while I'm in process, you said in Job 22 and 28, that if I declare a thing, that it shall be established. That's all. Your, your prayer time should be consist of decreeing and declaring some stuff. There it is right there. If you also declare a thing, it's going to be what? For who? You. The word of God is for the people of God. That's why I said earlier, if anything, if you don't remember nothing else I say, you better learn how to pray God's word back to him. Now go back to the process of time. So is she, next verse. In the process, it came to pass in the process of time that Hannah conceived and she bore a son, and she called his name Sam, saying, because I have asked for him from the Lord. She let it be known. I asked. I prayed. I had some communication going. That's why I was able to birth what was on the inside of me the whole time. Because there's some stuff that's on the inside of you that just hasn't been birthed, but it's in you. Oh, can I just use you as an example? Star. Star is a phenomenal woman of God. God has blessed her. She's from Cleveland, grew up in the hood. God has blessed her. She just probably, you pull up in your Phantom today, or did you pull up in the uh, Range Rover? Which one today? The Bentley. Praise the Lord. Okay, but she grew up in Cleveland in the hood. The hood. Amen? And she would tell me how people would talk, belittle her and talk down to her and told her you would always be impoverished. But God has blessed her. She pulled up in the Bentley. But she gives God all the glory. Because the Bible says, seek ye first, somebody scream first, the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then all these other what? Will be what? To who? Somebody give God a hand praise up in here. Now don't be going up to her asking her for a loan now. Woman of God. No, you be, uh -uh. Second Thessalonians 3.10 says if you don't work, you don't eat. Don't be trying to bite off of her surplus. Go get your own. We serve a big God. He got enough to go around for everybody. Do your part and God will do his. Just like God did the supernatural in her life, he'll do, he'll do the supernatural in your life. But you got to turn up your prayer life. And the Bible says it will come to pass in the process of time don't get mad at her because she birthed her Samuel shoot you need to go touch and be like Lord I thank you I got next I need to go rub up on it <laughs> but look at that in the process of time see I get sick of folk that don't want to go through the process uh huh, uh -huh. you got to go through the process uh-huh, but in your process, you better learn how to communicate with God. Come on, when we were in our process having church in the fleet market, come on, I was communicating with God. When we were having church in the gymnasium, I kept praying to God. When we were having church, amen, in other places that we had, I kept praying because I knew that God has something big for kingdom. And we left little, and now we have stepped into big. I believe somebody in this building, God is getting ready to cause you to leave little. You're getting ready to step into big. You're getting ready to step into that promotion. I pray increase in the name of Jesus. I pray favor. There's a process that you have to go through. But if you go through the process... You will see the supernatural. 
So number one, if you turn up your prayer life, you'll begin to experience a level of boldness. Number two, if you turn up your prayer life, you'll begin to see God do the supernatural. This woman was barren. Look at this. Matter of fact, look at this real quick. Let's stay right here in 1 Samuel. Look at this. Look at, look at, look at, now look at uh, 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 27. For this child, I prayed, and the Lord granted me my petition, which I asked of him. Look at that. She let it be known. The only reason why I'm embracing Samuel is because I prayed for him. There are some things that you will only get that if, if you, if you, 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 the only way you will get is if you got to pray for it. You got to pray it in. Now look at 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 1. And Hannah prayed and said, my heart rejoices in the Lord. My horn is exalted. I smile at my enemies. Look at your neighbor and say, cheese. I'm trying to help you fix your face so when God begin to bless you with your Bentley, when he begin to bless you with your Range Rover, when he begin to bless you with your second and third house, I just want you to get you. Because you're going to be able to go like that to all your Panias. You're going to be able to go like that to all your haters. Because the word of God says, I'll prepare a table before your enemies and make them your what? Footstool. In other words, God going to make sure that when he begins to blow his favor and his goodness and when he begins to do the supernatural, he's going to make sure your enemies are somewhere in the vicinity. We're going to get back to them what God has done in your life. You ain't even got to get on the phone and call nobody. They going to see it on Instagram. They going to see it on Facebook. Come on. They going to see it when you snapshot it. Come on. Snapchat, did I say it wrong? I'm still turning the corner, y'all know I'm. Forgive me, forgive me. <laughs> but there it is, yo, yo, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You, you anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. He'll make sure your enemies are somewhere in the vicinity to see you. And I like that the Bible says she smiled at her and she's walking around with Samuel. Mm-hmm. I got his heart and I got a kid now. Now what? Now what? <laughs> I can see her just smiling. You better work on your smile. The people that said you wouldn't make it, you're going to be. <laughs> oh, the five pastors that wouldn't give me any money to start kingdom. And my own dad loved them. But my dad told me, he said, listen, I can't see you starting a church by yourself and being successful. I'm just smiling now. Just smiling. Even Greg had to help my dad get 40 chairs from upstairs because they ain't got no chairs. I'm just smiling. Greg, go help him get the chairs. They ain't got no chairs. We'll edit this out the tape. I don't want to totally kill my dad. But at the end of the day, you got family members, though, that will become your panaya. I got anybody in this building, even your own family members turned on you. Like, how you going to do that? You better be quoting Philippians 4 and 13. It says you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Let them know it ain't me anyway, but I've tapped into a power. I've tapped into a strength. I've tapped into a boldness. I've tapped into something supernatural. I can't even explain how he's done. I just made myself available. I dare you to begin to make yourself available. Somebody give God a praise. Look at your neighbor and say, make yourself available. 
I got to give you this third thing. Number one, when you turn up your prayer life, you'll experience boldness. Number two, if you turn up your prayer life, you'll begin to experience the supernatural. We see this woman of God, Hannah, she prayed in verse 10. She prayed in verse 12. And we see God granted her her petition. The very thing she asked for, God gave it to her. Because if you say it, you'll see it. Let's not talk about how even after she had Samuel, God gave her five more kids. Because God will give you double for your trouble. Can I get a witness up in here? Uh-huh. But sometimes you got to pray for your enemies in order for God to give you double for your trouble. That's in Job 42.10. Matter of fact, put that up real quick. And then we'll go to the third point. Look at this. And the Lord restored Job's losses. Remember, Job lost everything. But the Bible says when he prayed, when he prayed, when he prayed, when he began to communicate with God, he began to pray for his friends, which really were his enemies, because God had to tell him, pray for the ones that, that, that actually thought you did something. The ones that turned on him, they said, Job, what you do? You didn't lost everything. Sometimes just bad things happen to good people. Sometimes it's not even the devil. Sometimes it's not even what you did. Your transmission went out. It's not because my transmission went out. I didn't do nothing. I just ran it in the ground, 189,000 miles. I got a new engine now, praise the Lord. But I didn't go out and kick the car and be like, why you go out? The devil's in my engine. <laughs> now, some people get super spiritual, think the devil's in everything. No, 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 no. The Bible says that he's not omnipresent. He goes to and fro. The devil, like, I ain't even do that. I'm over I'm in Atlanta messing with these other folk. You falling out behind this flat tire. I ain't did that. You just hit a nail that was in the street. Just let's call life. <laughs> I got to finish this. <laughs> but he, she, he prayed for his friends. And then the Bible says, indeed, the Lord gave Job twice. Somebody say twice. As much as he had before. It's not until he prayed. Some of y'all need to go pray for your enemies. Picture me, Lord, bless my enemies. Lord, just keep them. Lord, show them how stupid they are that they don't like me. Lord, show them that they favor is connected to me if they come out of being jealous. Some of that stuff you got to just chalk up is that they just allow the enemy to use them because the Bible says Satan is the accuser of the brethren. Mm-hmm. Got to give you the third point. Put up Matthew chapter 6, verse 5, and we're done. So number one, if you turn up your prayer life, you'll walk in boldness. If you continue to turn up your prayer life, you will begin to see the supernatural. Hannah got a chance to experience the supernatural. But look at this. It says, and when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites. Because, I mean, you know, there's hypocrites still even today. It says, don't pray like the hypocrites for, when they, when they, when, for, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the street that they may be seen by men. There are some people that are still like that, that they only pray when they want to be seen. They want to make it seem like they all deep. You ain't all that. Amen? People want to be seen. Don't ever pray because you want to be seen. Then it says uh, 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 that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. There's your reward. You got a chance to be seen. Amen? Next verse. But you, when you pray, go into your room. And when you have shut your door, pray, for your, pray to your father in the 
secret place. Go find you a secret place. Then it says, and your, your father who sees in secret, we, 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 what? reward you what? I believe God's getting ready to reward somebody in this building openly because you've been hanging out in that secret place. You don't want to be seen by man. The only man that you want to see you is Jesus. All you want, only man you want to see you is the Father. Glory to God. So I got a word for you on today. God is getting ready to reward you openly. The Bible says the first shall be last and the last shall be first. So I encourage you, turn your prayer life up in your secret place. And before you know it, you're going to begin to see God reward you openly. If you receive that word, somebody give God a praise in this place. Look at your neighbor and say, cheese.